In Isaiah chapter 40, it says, Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. I've been thinking a lot about the heavenly realms this week and the universe and the vastness of it and space with the whole notion of the spacecraft landing on Mars this week. And you hear the, the scientists that developed it talk about the seven minutes of terror where this spacecraft has to decelerate from 12,300 miles an hour down to just five, and then to be able to softly land in the exact spot that it was designed to land on the red planet without crashing and burning. I mean, it is absolutely miraculous. And I think of that as like a miracle. So then when I read a passage like that, I go, when you look at a starry sky, it's beyond miraculous. I would call that incomprehensible. The image of how every star is hung in place by the creator of the universe. That everyone is called by name. This is a a thing of imagination and mystery. A starry sky is often used as a backdrop for romance and beauty. We say that I want to wish upon a star and which lets us know that a star is connected to our dreams and our, and our hopes. And it was a star 2,000 years ago, this mysterious guiding light that led these wise men to find all the answers that they were looking for found there in a manger. Christmas story, I think, is one of the biggest mysteries of the universe. It's the biggest crazy story of the Christian faith. For centuries, man has been trying to analyze it and rationalize it and explain it away. But here's my thought. What if you can't rationalize the irrational? What if instead of trying to explain it or throw science at it, can we just embrace it? The mystery of it? The wonder of it? Can we allow ourselves this Christmas just to stand in awe of it? And just sit here this morning and be amazed by it. Well, good morning, y'all. I think we are officially in the whole Christmas season thing now, which is always scary. Another year rolled by. Um, And it really seems to me, when I reflect on the Christmas season, that somehow... um, 
it just gets, life gets a little chaotic. Like life's chaotic enough throughout the year and life's hard enough throughout the year and we have our issues and our hangups. But <clears throat> somehow during the Christmas season, it just like is all that stuff on steroids and the Christmas season can be really challenging. And so we decided to do a, uh, a new message series that really hopes to bring some peace and focus in the midst of our um, holiday season because we uh, tend to lose all of our perspective and we just want to kind of bring that back by focusing on some of the elements of the story that made it all happen. And so today, uh, we want to talk about these wise guys that came from the East, eating their Philly cheese steak sandwiches. And here's like the deal, though. We, we have very little information about these guys. We know that they're probably pretty wealthy, influential leaders in their countries. Um, we know that they left everything behind because they were committed to you know, something that they thought was so worth their while that they would drop everything to you know, follow this star. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, it, it tells the story in, in chapter 2, and it says, uh, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, you know, again, we don't really have a lot of information, but what we do know is that the word magi is very close to the word magician. And so there was something magical about these guys that were, you know, maybe they were types of wizards or something looked upon by kings and rulers. But what we do know is that when kings and rulers had issues and they were looking for advice, they came to these guys for wise counsel. Other than that, to be honest with you, I hate to burst your bubble, but we don't even know if there were three of them. Um, we assume that because they brought three gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, so I could stand up here this morning and I could talk about all kinds of things that you know scholars have pontificated about these guys and, and wow you with all of my knowledge, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say I have no idea who these guys were or how they found this star, or how they connected this star to Jesus. But whatever it is that happened, it was beyond miraculous. I think that we all have signs and wonders that we experience and that we encounter in our life. I totally believe that. And I'm a pretty big skeptic, and I still believe that. And I feel like a lot of times, they're like, they're like right in our path, and we just step over them. We, there's a sign that's there that's like a neon sign flashing in front of us, and we just sidestep it. Or there's something that, you know, this strong leading from God, and you know, we look back, and if we're honest about it, we knew in our heart we should have gone right, and instead we went left. 
or that there were those moments where we clearly knew that God was telling us something. And we knew in our heart of hearts what it was, and instead of doing what he asked us to do, we went ahead on and did it our way anyway. Truth is that we didn't want to give up what we were holding on to so tightly, or we didn't want to have to take the time to to deal with that, or it was too big of a risk, or gosh, it could have been an embarrassing situation. And so we push aside those leadings, our own little version of following the star, and we go off in a different direction. Well, it goes on, the passage in the Gospel of Matthew goes on in, in, in verse 3, and it says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And so when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go now, search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report back to me so that I too may go and worship him. So as these wise men are desperately seeking Jesus, they get a bit distracted. They lose track of the star as this king tries to interrupt their focus. While King Herod was legally the the king of the Jews at the time, he was not the legit leader of the people of Israel because the fact of the matter was he wasn't even Jewish. So when Herod heard this stuff about the promised Messiah, who would be the one true leader that the Jewish people had been waiting for, he gets a little nervous. He feels like his kingship is in jeopardy and he was not about to lose his power that he'd worked so hard for to some little miracle baby. The wise men, meanwhile, they lost track of that star. For just a minute. But long enough that they found themselves at this crossroads. Do they throw in with Herod and be part of the comfortable life that they're used to? The life of royalty, advising royalty, dealing with that? I mean, who knows? Herod may have even promised them a handsome reward if they brought back information about this baby. Or do they take this risk and really follow this crazy star thing all the way through to the very end? I mean, I can't can't even count the number of times that I have been interrupted in my journey in trying to follow Jesus. Somebody comes in front of me, something, some opportunity Everywhere we look, there are distractions and interruptions that take us away from our focus. There are so many things that want to be in the number one position, the focus of our lives. And they all compete 
for that position. And so we get caught up in the stuff of this world that keeps us from looking up in order to see what's really important and living out the kind of life that we know deep down that we want to live. And we just lose perspective. And the same thing is true this time of year. We get so caught up in the junk of Christmas that we miss the beauty of it, the wonder of it. This incredible miracle that happened in a stable when God came to earth to live among us as one of us, to experience what we experience, to feel what we feel, to walk in our shoes so that when we come to him with all of our pain and our anxiety and problems, he knows exactly what it is that we're going through and what we're experiencing. Well, it goes on in verse 9 and says that after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They found it again. This is a really a cool verse because when you literally translate this verse out, it, it, verse out, it reads, they went on their way. And look, the star that they had seen before now went ahead of them and led them to the place where Jesus was. You couldn't get any more clear than that. They had lost their way for just a minute, and now they were back on track. They had their focus back, and they were overjoyed because they knew that they were headed back in the right direction. I really think that these guys knew that God was leading them to something that was going to change their lives forever. I don't think they knew what it was, but I think they were excited about the possibilities and it gave them the courage to see it through to the very end because they trusted it. They believed it was from God. And they knew if it was from him that it had to be right and they would follow it. And no matter what distractions or how difficult the road became, they were determined to finish the journey. Have you ever felt like that? Where you just, you just get lost for a while? It's like we're out wandering around in a fog or something. All of a sudden, you just kind of wake up and go, how did I get here? You ever feel that moment when you feel like you're getting back on the right track? Like your feet get planted back on the narrow path, and it's like you're aligned with a bigger purpose again? It's like you're in sync with the God of the universe again? And you can't help but feel fully alive again. That's a good moment. Well, in coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. 
and they bowed down and they worshiped him. In the face of this child, they saw the very face of God. And they fall down and they worship this baby, which seems odd. But somehow it's like they know this is the Son of God. It's an amazing story. This God of the universe living in all of his glory in the heavenly realms leave everything behind so that he could show the full extent of his love for us. To show us that it's not about wealth or power or selfish ambition, but just to show up and to show us this thing called grace. And what that looks like every day as Jesus begins to live out his life and his ministry. And if you could just, if you could just lift up your eyes, Jesus says, he promises, it'll change everything. Everything about your life. Is it possible that we can just stop right here this morning and be honest with ourselves about what we believe about Christmas, about this baby born on Christmas morning, lying there in a manger as this strange star hovers above? Can we be honest with ourselves that we maybe force ourselves to show up on a Sunday morning because we know that we have pushed everything spiritual so far out of our lives that we're just desperately seeking some type of connection? We've exchanged all of the stuff that means something for the stuff that doesn't mean a thing. I ask this question all the time. What is it going to take to get my passion back? To get that fervor for God? Or no matter where I'm at, whether I'm walking through the doors of a church or I'm walking through the door of my office on Monday morning or I'm just driving down the road that... I can quietly stop and I can honestly say these words. I believe. I believe. There's a power in those two words. Those two words dictate how we live out our days the direction that we take, the choices that we make. And then they open their treasure to the Son of God, and they presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh.
I can't really imagine what it was like for these guys where they get to the end of their journey. You have to believe that they, you know, they didn't know where they were really heading, but you have to believe they were anticipating maybe some palace or some mansion that they were going to walk into and, you know, find this Christ child. But instead, they come to an old stable. They find the Son of God lying in a horse trough. But there was something magical about this place, about this moment, something that was beyond miraculous, that brought these wealthy, influential men to their knees. Remember Christmas when you were a kid, the sense of wonder and joy and amazement, that feeling you had? I think that on that very first Christmas, that that's the feeling that these wise men had as well. To be so full of gratitude that they somehow knew that they had this experience that nobody else did, that they were standing there in the presence of God himself, and so they want to do something, they want to react, and so they dump these extravagant gifts at the foot of the manger. Gifts that were fit for a king because they knew whatever it is that they were in was also worth it. You know, it's been a, it's been a rough year for a lot of us. And I think a lot of us have lost our way. We're kind of out there in the fog. Some of us have had a difficult time with our husband or wife, and those have been tense moments that got us all tied up inside. Some of us have situations with our kids that are driving us nuts. Some of us are going through, a lot of us are going through financial issues. Some of us have experienced the loss of somebody that we love so much. Feel like we just can't go on. And so when we come into this holiday season, we have kind of mixed emotions. There's this sense of excitement and and magic. And yet this sense of dread. Knowing that when you walk into the house this Christmas, they're not going to be there. Are you just praying that your time together as a family enjoying the holidays isn't going to turn into another fight? Are you just having anxiety because you know you're just not going to be able to provide for your family this year like you have in the past because times are tough? And so a lot of us, we walk into this holy moment that we call Christmas and our faith, if we're honest, Our faith is worn and tattered and we are parched and dry and just tired from the journey. Life can seem so dark sometimes. But we have this promise of of hope that says if we can just lift up our eyes, that we can move from 
scars to the stars. But there's a light that's in the distance that is so bright and so strong that it can change our lives forever. A light so powerful that it can bring hope even into the darkest of moments. I think about these wise men and the faith they must have had just to keep moving forward and following this star and kept their eyes looking up and watching for this star that would lead them to this new life. And who knows how long they waited and they looked up into the sky hoping to see this star. But the truth is they believed and because they believed they were looking for God and because they were looking for God, they found it. And it makes me wonder how many people saw that same star up in the sky. But because they were tired of waiting, because they were too busy, too much going on, or looking at the wrong things, they just missed it. How many people in Bethlehem that very night just walked by the stable with this star shining down upon it and didn't think a thing about it. This Christmas, you're feeling lost in the fog, kind of swirling around. I hope we can cut through the gray of it and just reach out and embrace the mystery of it beauty of it. Don't miss it. The Bible says when it feels like you just can't go on and you can't take one more step, if you can just look up and you can just see the stars that are hanging there, that have been hung by the Creator Himself, we can remember that star that shined down on that manger for the baby that was born 2,000 years ago on a silent night that that same baby will show up for you. And there's a power in that. Can you just quietly just sit there this morning and say those two words? I Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing.